Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we strive on bringing you news that you won't find in the fake media every day. We also strive to bring you the truth, not only on politics, but the world news all around, including pop culture and so forth. As for myself, I worked in the private sector for around 25 years in the call center management and health insurance industry. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances and health issues, I was forced into early retirement last year. Now, a couple years ago, I noticed that something just wasn't sitting right with the way our country was being ran or being politicized as. So I started doing research, a lot of research. And that's why I'm able to now host this podcast. I've been on other shows as well, discussing my views. I'm also on social media. I'm on The Clapper, Rizzle, TikTok, Truth Social, Facebook, and many more. You can find me at the KY Guy, Kentucky Guy, KY Guy, or KY Guy 80. Different ones. Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. <laughs> All right. So, yes, and I uh, do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And again, God bless and God bless America. Welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and this is Special Report Devolution number 15. Uh, Hey, hope everybody is having a wonderful day today. Uh, Hope everybody is uh, uh, out enjoying the day on this beautiful uh, Thursday. The weekend is right around the corner, folks, so don't give up. And, uh, yeah, so uh, let's get into it. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to us, uh, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all platforms now, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. Uh, so be sure to check us out because you can definitely keep up to date on any platform. We do drop new episodes here uh, every Every Wednesday and Saturday, yes, we are doing a special series, and I have been dropping uh, them just about every day or every other day, but that is the normal routine is Wednesday and Saturday. That's normally when we have our special guest on. Uh, We do have uh, some special guests lined up. If you haven't caught yesterday's episode uh, with Linda uh, Gutner, uh, she is the uh, CEO and founder of Love Him, Love Them, a wonderful organization uh, that is uh, helping uh, children uh, in Haiti and also right here in the U.S. And uh, I think it's a phenomenal thing. Uh, You get a chance to be sure to check her out. Another friend of the show, uh, Ms. Latoya Cunningham, uh, she is having that special event, a virtual event, October 24th uh, through the 30th. Uh, as soon as we find out more details on that event, I will let you know. And uh, she may be back on, uh, hopefully, to uh, promote it as well. And then we'll be able to find out all the nooks and crannies going around that virtual conference. Uh, also, uh, I do host another show, Against the Mat. I co-host with Donnie Cage, Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We do drop new episodes there every every Monday and every Friday. So be sure to check Donnie and I are out. We have a good time. We have a good, good show. And uh, we're starting to uh, 
girl as well. Uh, Donnie's a real good guy. He's been in the podcast business a long time. Uh, we don't agree on everything, but uh, when it comes to wrestling, but uh, he does. Uh, he's the creator and co-host of Uncaged Voices, uh, which you can find on uh, Twitch and Spotify as well. All right, so uh, before we get into today's uh, special reports, let's uh, also, before I forget, if you'd like to be a guest or if you'd like to uh, uh, have questions or comments or concerns about the show, you can always reach us at OL Kentucky. That's OL Kentucky spelled out in 99 at yahoo.com. OKentucky99 at yahoo.com. Com. All right, so let's get into, before we get into the uh, actual report, let's get into some of the uh, geopolitical economic collapse news. Uh, here we go. So Trump, President Trump, still considering release of the raid surveillance footage. So uh, there's been calls for former President Trump to release the Mar-a-Lago surveillance footage of the FBI raid, and they've continued since the action unfolded last week. The son, Eric Trump, the Trump Organization executive vice president, has vowed in TV appearances that the footage will be released at the right time. But a source has told CNN that Donald Trump might not have even seen it in full himself yet. Quote, I don't think it's been shared by anyone outside of the attorneys, the source told CNN, which we know how CNN is, right? <laughs> uh, lies of Trump calling for the release of the footage have suggested he might use the recording in campaign ads for potential 2024 presidential run, uh, effectively showing Americans a tangible example of his claims of the political persecutions, according to CNN, but it is yet unclear what the footage would show or if it would be significant benefit. Uh, it's one thing to read a bunch of numbers on an inventory list. It's another to see law enforcement agents actually carrying dozen plus boxes out of President Trump's home, knowing they probably contain sensitive documents, one source told CNN. I don't see how that helps him. Uh, that was a quote. So, once again, you got to look where your source is coming from, CNN. Uh, I am happy to report that he did receive his stolen property back. That's President Trump. He did get his uh, passport uh, back uh, and things of that nature. This, this, You know, the more I find out about this raid, the, the weirder it is. Why would they go through Milani's clothes, his wife's clothes? That's, that's so weird and odd, right? I don't know. But on a brighter note, on a brighter note, let's go. Bye-bye-bye. So Liz Cheney, bye-bye, is gone. And, you know, uh, so she had a, uh, a uh, I, I don't know, if, you can't really call it a press conference. She had a, she met on a farm with her daddy and her mom and uh, a few people that actually still like the Cheneys. Uh, yeah, so she met there. And she uh, got a microphone, and she is so delusional and pathetic. Two things I got out of that. First thing is, this hag compared herself to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. Compared herself to Abraham Lincoln, and she also... Uh, stated that she may run for president. 
that's great. That's great. Oh, I would love. Uh, I, w- I would love to see it. I would. It ain't going to hurt Donald Trump. It ain't going to hurt anybody. Let her run. Her political career is over. It's done. The next time you see her after January 2023, you will see her probably on CNN or MSNBC, uh, one of these far-left news uh, stations, still pretending to be a Republican and uh, conservative, and uh, she'll be an anchor person for them. That's the next time you're going to see her. Her, And she may run. Who cares? It's a joke. She's a joke. She's done. Political career over. Her and Jeb Bush, you know, may they walk hand in hand into 2024, (laughs) looking to be president and vice president. God help them both. They don't stand a chance. Uh. A female who is headed to November, though, as the, now the Republican nominee after Tuesday uh, for Alaska, uh, Sarah Palin. So I'm happy to see that. Uh, I like Sarah Palin. Uh, never, never understand why she took the helm uh, and ran uh, as a vice president to uh, John McCain, uh, the warmonger. But you know what? We're going to we're going to let that go. That's in the past. Uh, she's proven since then that uh, that she's pretty good. You know, uh, she she's a she's a pretty good egg. She's a pretty good egg. So, uh, so congratulations to her. Uh, and you know what a victory for Trump. Uh, not only uh, Hagerman and uh, uh, Palin, who he uh, supported, but he just keeps. He just it just shows you how much. The American people still look for him uh, for leadership because he keeps endorsing and they keep winning. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So let's get into devolution, devolution, special reports number 15. Uh, so in my uh, previous episode, I've discussed the large battle ongoing uh, between Donald Trump and the political establishment, the swamp, the deep state whatever you want to call this enemy. We know that they are entrenched throughout all our major institutions. They did everything they could to prevent Trump from being elected in 2016, and they blatantly right out in the open stove the election in 2020. Just how deep does this swamp go? So I intend to figure out that out to my best of my abilities. This episode is going to be the first of at least two, maybe three, solely focused on the deep state. The tactics that they have used throughout Trump's presidency, which culminated in the theft of the 2020 election, everything from the Russian hoax to installing Biden as president is connected. Don't never doubt it, folks. So I figure, and you guys have heard me mention this over and over, the playbook. And I figure that's where we'll start. So the focus of this episode is going to be all about providing you with the proper context that we need for devolution uh, to, to be credible. Once again, before I get started, if this is the first time you've heard this special report, I ask that you at least go listen to part one first so you're not completely lost. Number two, this is not to push this belief on anyone. This is a blueprint on why I believe and think the way I do when it comes to what we're going through right now. I just want to make that absolutely clear. All right. So it's incredibly important to understand who the political establishment is and their history of manipulating the political landscape to their benefit. The 2020 United States election wasn't the first time the political establishment ousted a leader they didn't want or couldn't control. So having followed the politics for a few years now, what I'll be covering 
and this episode was new information to me, but may be new to those of you listening today. Either way, it's important to better understand this topic before we move forward in this series. Let's talk about something that a lot of people are afraid to talk about, but not on this show. Let's talk about the color revolutions and how the political establishment has mastered them and how they use their color revolution playbook domestically during Trump's presidency. Now you may ask, Kentucky guy, what's the definition or purpose of a color revolution? As we go further, you'll see exactly what is meant by state de-establishmentization. But the biggest takeaway here is knowing all color revolutions closely follow the same template. We'll be examining, we'll, we'll be closely examining the, that template shortly. But first, we need to discuss the ideology behind color revolutions. Some major statements are made in, in the purpose, quote, it is not content with alternative ideological and value systems and must steamroll over them in its pursuit of global dominance, end quote. Ooh, doesn't that sound exactly like the Democratic Party has been doing to conservatives for years? Quote, the state, this is all, this is right out of their playbook. The state and, social, uh, and society as a whole must combat a part of itself that is rising up against the status quo, leading to a conflict of interest and social civil war, end quote. So for just for a moment, think back to the summer of 2020 and all the violent protesters. Can you think of any instance of mismanagement by the state in dealing with the protests? How many blue state governors did almost nothing to shut down the protests? Was it done on purpose to follow the color revolution playbook? Now that we have a basic understanding of what a color revolution is, we will need to go a little bit deeper, as always, right? Revolver, by the way, I need to give credit today to Revolver News, uh, News, uh, Newsmax, John, uh, dude, you're awesome, uh, and also the Patriot Party. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, I usually do that beforehand, but just got caught up. I wanted to get in today's episode because there's a lot to go over. So Revolver News has put out a series of three well-researched articles on the topic. Each one is fascinating and worth the full read. I'll be breaking down the main points only, though, in this episode because of time. And some of the main points, right, exclusive. The case, the curious case of George Kent, State Department's uh, Belarus color revolution expert and never trumper impeachment witness also uh another headline transition integrity project uh in this soros george soros linked group plotting a color revolution against the president trump question mark and the third Meet Norm uh, Eason, legal hatchman and central operative in the color revolution against President Trump. All right. And let's not forget Victoria Nullen, uh, current under Secretary of State for Political Affairs for Joe Biden. She was Obama's uh, assistant SOS for European and uh, affairs during um, 
during Orange Revolution, uh, and she was a witness against Trump uh, during uh, his first impeachment, of course. So knowing these people and their roles will help me outline how our United States government has been using color revolutions over the years to implement regime changes without having to use an actual military coup. Instead, they use street protests, uh, disputed elections, and favorable media. So when you research these folks that I just went over, you're going to notice that some, some familiar names will start popping up. The people considered to be color revolution experts are the same people that were involved in trying to take down Trump during his first impeachment. Norm Eastman is a particular interest. Here's a small sample of what the Revolver, Revolver News had to say about Mr. Eastman. Uh, as the man who implemented the David Brock blueprint pursuing the president into paralyzed and his allies into bankruptcy, who helped mainstream and amplify the Russian hoax, who drafted 10 articles of impeachment for the Democrats a full month before President Trump ever called the Ukrainian president in 2018, and who personally served as special counsel litigating the Ukraine impeachment, who created a template for internet censorship of world leaders and a handbook for mass mobilizing radical justice uh, protesters to overrun democratic election results. There is perhaps no man alive with more uh, decorated resume for plots against President Trump. Yeah, I'm just going to go over the first uh, part of that. It's out there. Do your own research, folks. Uh, Revolver News. Now, before I get too far, we need to reflect on something from the last statement. The very, and this is from the last, the very same regime change professionals who run color revolutions on behalf of the U.S. government in order to undermine or overthrow alleged authoritarian governments, overseers, are running the very same playbook to overturn Trump's 2016 victory and preempt to repeat in 2021 or 2020. I'd like to provide some additional information to substantiate that statement, okay? So let's look at the criteria needed for a successful color revolution and compare it to uh, Donald Trump's presidency. Let's break it down from what uh, I went over earlier. Number one, the incumbent leader of the regimes must be very unpopular and face the so-called lame duck syndrome. Even though it was never true, the political establishment started to build this narrative before Trump even entered office. On election day, just 38% of voters had a favorable opinion of Donald Trump uh, compared to 60% who viewed him unfavorably. You guys remember those lies? This narrative was created from the get-go and the offers of it never relented throughout Trump's first term. Poll after poll, one fake news story after another, all used the same narrative, that Trump was very unpopular. The first creation or criteria needed for an, a successful color revolution is met. Number two, the anti-regime forces are enforced by mass media and foreign influences. How much money has George Soros pumped into liberal organizations over the years? How many lies and fake news stories has the media pushed on us during Trump's first term? The second criteria needed, quote, needed for a successful color revolution is met. 
Number three criteria. The revolution must not be ideological. It must be for the sake of better national uh, in integration, freedom, democracy, and economic development. Well, how many times did the Democrats say that Trump is a threat to our democracy? That he was a dicta dictator? That removing him from office was needed for the sake of saving America? The third credential needed for success for a successful color revolution is met. Number four, the anti-regime forces should also be motivated by the grievances on the corrupt government, which is supported by a foreign state, which the people do not desire. The Democrats in the media have been pointing to paint Donald Trump as a Russian agent before he took office. We're starting to see more and more evidence come out uh, from Durham's investigation now showing us how big that conspiracy was. It, it's all a part of the color revolution plan that the political establishment used against Trump. So there's your fourth criteria needed for a successful uh, color revolution. And just one more thing, and this is interesting, and sinister developments that took place in 2020 as creation of the Transition Integrity, Integrity Project, TIP, is what they're referred to. On August 3rd of 2020, the TIP project released a report titled Preventing a Disruptive Presidential Election and Transition. This 22-page document outlined a series of four war game election night scenarios. So here's what the Revolver News had to say about this, right? Uh, basically, uh, that the Boston Globe first reported on Sunday that the group of Democrats and Republicans, all of whom opposed the President Trump, uh, converted an online meeting to hash out scenarios as a part of what has been called the Transition Integrity Project in June. Uh, of course, uh, what they did not say about this, this bipartisan group, is that its founder, Rosa Brooks, is a longtime close associate of George Soros and his Open Society Foundation. She served both as special counsel to the president at, Josh, at George Soros Open Society Foundation and as a board member of the Open Society Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> in 20, 2006 and 2007, she was a special counsel to the president at the Open uh, Society uh, Institute in New York. She's also served as a consultant for Human Rights Watch. She currently serves on the advisory board of the Open Society uh, Foundation's U.S. program. So the participants got, got to choose whether their involvement would be publicly disclosed or not. So we don't have a full list, but Wikipedia, gotta love those guys, uh, list some of the participants. Note, the Revolver News also reported that Norm Isom, remember him? We just spoke about him, participated in this event. Uh, so tell me if you guys recognize any more of these names. And this is from Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, Michael Steele former chair of the Republican National Committee. You're going to love some of these. John Podosta, former White House chief of staff to former president of the United States, Bill Clinton. Jennifer Granham, former governor of Michigan. Trey Grayson, former secretary of state of my state, Kentucky. He's a, he is a piece of work. We may talk about him in a later episode. Uh, Donna Brazil, 
former Democrat National Committee acting chair. Uh, William Kitzel, journalist. Edward Luce, journalist. Max Boot, journalist. And David Furs, journalist. The, the tip was launched out of concerns that the Trump administration may seek to manipulate, ignore, or undermine, or disrupt the 2020 presidential election <laughs> or the uh, transition process. Remember that they claim that the transition integrity project is bipartisan. But here are four scenarios that were the war games by the tip party. Actually, you know what? We're going to take a break real quick for our sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back, and uh, we'll get into those four tips. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be right back. Our sponsor today is Anchor. If you're thinking about starting a web uh, a podcast, you can go to their website, Anchor FM, or on your iOS or Android phone. Be right back, folks. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today, or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and welcome to Special Report number 15. Uh, thank you for joining us back after our quick break there. And uh, getting ready to go over the four scenarios that were wargamed by the tip. The, and if you're just joining us, uh, the uh, Transition Integrity Project is the tip. So game one... Uh, Ambiguism. It investigated a scenario in which the outcome of the election uh, remained unclear from election night. Game two, uh, clear Biden victory. Uh, Biden wins both electrical college and unpopular and popular vote. Trump alleges fraud. Game three, clear Trump win. The third. Third scenario uh, started with the electro, uh, electrical college victory for President Trump, uh, but a popular vote win for the former Vice President Biden. <laughs> Game four, uh, narrow win for Biden. The final scenario explored a narrow Biden win where he leads with less than 1% of popular and has a slim lead at 278 electoral votes. <laughs> so the purpose of this report is not to frighten, but to spur all stakeholders to action, is what they said, the tip, the tip group. <laughs> so the following is how Revolver news broke down and analyzed the transition the the tip report remember the tip report was released in august of 2020 well before november 3rd election compare this to what actually unfolded during 2020 election and this is right out of the revolver now that we are armed with the color revolution framework and specific role that electoral 
legitimacy plays in that model, we are strongly, we are, we are in strong position to evaluate the true agenda behind the tip war game scenario, suggesting that Trump won't concede his, uh, the election. The title of Rose uh, Brooks' Washington Post piece is suggestive, prompting us to wonder whether it is a prediction or a threat. Quote, what's the worst that could happen? The election will likely spark violence and a constitutional crisis. End quote. Wow. A landslide for Joe Biden resulted in a relatively ordinary transfer of power. Uh, every other scenario we look at involved street-level violence and political crisis. Uh, transition vote for Biden or else. Soon, Attorney General William P. Barr opens an investigation into unsustainable allegations of mass uh, vote by mail fraud and ties between Democratic officials and Antifa in Michigan and Wisconsin, where Biden has won the official vote, and Democrat governments governors have certified states of pro-Biden elections. The Trump campaign pursues Republican-controlled legislators to send rival pro-Trump states to Congress for the electoral vote uh, college. Uh, translation? Despite severe problems with mail-in voting, an effort by the Justice Department to ensure the integrity of mass mail-in systems will be implemented in advance as a part of the Ethereum coup on the part of Trump. So in other words, if Trump takes any reasonable measure to prevent the color revolution coup against him, he will automatically be acting in an Ethereum manner justifying said color revolution against him funny how that works isn't it so in every exercise both teams sought to mobilize their supporters to take to the streets team biden repeatedly called for peaceful protest while trump encouraged uh provocators to indicate violence then used the resulting chaos to justify sending federal guard units or active duty military personnel to into American cities to restore order. Transition, translation, no matter how violent these peaceful protests become, any effort by Trump to establish authority will be used to confirm the predetermined conclusion that he is an authoritarian and that extraordinary measures must be taken to remove him from office. Social media platforms can commit to protecting the democratic process by rapidly removing or uh, correcting false statements spread by foreign or domestic disinformation campaigns and by ensuring their platforms aren't used to incite or plan violence. Translation, social media must be fully censored Leading up to the election, Facebook is already doing its part, for instance, uh, by aggressively censoring any mention of Kyle Rittenhouse that suggests uh, he acted in self-defense, which he did. And it's been proving now uh, when people unite to demand democracy as the rule of law, even uh, repressive regimes can be stopped in their tracks. Trump is a re uh, repress repressive regime and therefore extraordinary measures usually uh, reserved for uh, repressive regimes overseas namely color revolutions are uh, listified to prevent him from taking office note that this statement was echoed explicitly in a similar roundtable discussion on the election done by new york times a little over a week ago one of the contributors, uh, Jamala Boo, spelled it out quite explicitly. I think the Democratic Party and its affiliate institutions and organizations need to be uh, prepping basically a defense of ballot counting 
sort of nationwide effort to stop that tampering. I think there needs to be plans for protests and demonstrations. This is going to sound very uh, hyperbolic, but I think that we have to think of the task of getting Trump out as less of a traditional democratic transition and more of something akin to pushing an authoritarian regime out. One does not, quote, vote out an authoritarianism regime, or uh, or they are not uh, authoritarianism. Dictatorships are only overthrown. And uh, Bao's statement is explicit call to do exactly that. The actually peaceful process of voting must be supplemented or supplemented with mostly peaceful protests if the resuit isn't correct, which leads us to the next paragraph from Rosa Brooks. Mass mobilization is no guarantee that our democracy will survive. But if things go as badly as our exercises suggest, they might sustain nonviolent protest movement may be America's best and final hope. So, yeah, all right. Uh Let's, let's do the, uh, their translation of that, right? Just in case Biden isn't able to win fair and square, they have introduced a mail-in voting system that dramatically increases the likelihood of some type of uh, contested election scenario. If that occurs, the outcome of the election will no longer be in the realm of the Democratic choice, where perhaps the forces against Trump have a disadvantage Instead, the election becomes an issue of sustained mass mobilization of demonstrators uh, capitalizing on every opportunity to escalate a full court press by media, uh, demonizing every effort by Trump to restore order as an authoritarian and a transmission of the electrical process to court battles, which disadvantage Trump. There is, of course, one scenario, a very dark one, that remains unexplored. If the color revolution against Trump frames him as a authoritarianism, unwilling to leave office, the, the only alternative is to remove him by force. Both Al Gore and Joe Biden have already taken the ex uh, extremely irresponsible and dangerous step of floating a military role in removing Trump should their color revolution not turn out the way that they planned. If Trump lost the election but refused to accept the results, Gore said he believes the military would intervene. He noted that under the uh, paramounts of the Constitution, Trump's last day in office is January 20th, 2021. So they are setting things up in such a way as almost to ensure that a clear winner will not exist on Election Day and framing any refusal of, of President Trump to concede on the grounds for military removal. The final stage of the color revolution is something that Rosa Brooks of the transition of the tip has entertained for quite some time. The following uh, excerpt is from a piece uh, Rosa Brooks wrote shortly after the 2016 election, a fourth way to remove Trump, uh, Trump from office before 2020. You can clearly see a picture emerging that the report released by the tip wasn't some war gaming by political figures. This was right out of the playbook they used to steal the 2020 election. And they put it out there for the world to see. For the world to see. Remember, this wasn't, this wasn't after the election. This was before, months before. So why would they do this? So here's what the American mind had to say. So why are the Democrats publicly talking about the conspiracy? Because they know that for it to succeed, 
it must not look like a conspiracy. They need to plant the idea in the public mind now that their unlawful and illegitimate removal of President Trump from office will somehow be his fault. Never mind the pesky detail that the president would refuse to leave only if he were uh, convinced he legitimately won. Remember, Biden should not concede under any circumstances. This is how the fake news works. As you might recall from the Russian hoax, the political establishment fabricated evidence of the Russia, 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 fed it to their publics in the fake uh, mainstream media, and those stories were the seeds used to justify further investigation. Their planted stories are key in their effort to plant their lies as somehow legitimate. I mean, try to think of this from Donald Trump's point of view. Trump and his team are not stupid. They knew exactly what was coming. The tip report sent a clear message that even if Trump wins the election, the political establishment would, would, would cause chaos and turmoil for as long as it took until Trump was removed from office. Now, I've said this before, that Trump had no choice to make leading up. He had a choice. I shouldn't say he didn't have a choice. He had a choice to make leading up to January 2021. 20, he could either reveal the fraud and remain in office or walk away. Think back to 2020. Don't think of America right now. Think of them back in 2020. What would have happened if Trump made the moves to prevent Joe Biden from taking office? The report from TIP gave us the answer. There would have been violence in the streets with tensions as high as they were. We would have had a civil war in our country. There's no doubt in my mind. The exact type of brief civil war where civilians actually die and Trump would have been forced to act. This would have placed him squarely, squarely in a situation where he would undoubtedly be condemned no matter how he responded. That's how this color revolutionary works. Trump really had one option to save the country from that turmoil. He had to walk away in order to save lives. Say what you want about Trump. This was a good thing that he did. It'd be different now. Don't get me wrong. If this all played out again, more people are woken up now. But back then, oh, they would have called they would have called him a dictator, a Thorian. So when we start really digging into tip, it quickly becomes apparent that this group is just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> no pun intended. Of who has been involved in trying to remove Trump from office. As such, it's important to look at who created the tip and who paid for it. The Transition Integrity Project report tells us who the founders are. Rosa Brooks and Niles Gilman launched the Transitional Integrity Project in 2019 to focus on identifying and mitigating threats to democracy and administrative continually in the period between Election Day and inauguration. TIP has received advice, input from dozens of experts representing both major political parties. TIP is directed by Zoe Hudson. Inquiries can be sent to uh, info at transitionintegrityproject.org. Uh, so TIP already has ties to George Soros and the CCP through the project co-funders. The National Pulse also reported that the TIP is funded by the United United to Protect Democracy. This fact was on the original TIP website, which was subsistent. Uh, now, for some reason, during this time, it was taken down and relaunched after having removed uh, that connection. 
it will become obvious here shortly to why they didn't want that connection out there. Thankfully, the original article was archived. Tip was first accurately reported on by the National Pulse in August, in early August, after a slew of fawning media articles about the group, uh, which performed war games to predict what would happen in case of a disputed election in November. The connection to the United to the United uh, Protect uh, uh, Democracy is massive. The first thing to note is the connection between the United to Protect Democracy and Protect Democracy Project from their website. Protect Democracy was uh, founded by Ian Basin and Justin Flores, both former associate counsels to President Barack Obama. Here's a list of organizations who have given money to protect democracy. Uh, the, uh, and some of these names we went over in the last episode, and you're going to recognize a lot of them. Uh, the Bauman Family Foundation, uh, the De Democracy uh, Fund, Grove Foundation, Joyce Foundation, Rockefeller Brothers Fund, San Francisco Foundation, Silicon Community Foundation, Wellspring uh, Philanthropic uh, Fraud Foundation, uh, William and Flora Hewitt Foundation. Yeah, each of these organizations almost exclusively donate to left-leaning causes. Let's look at a few of these organizations more closely on our next episode. All right, guys, so that is uh, all for today. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed this special report of Devolution Part 15. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hey, as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>